0: It's difficult to preach um, on those Sundays when we have a parish breakfast, because all I can do is smell sausage and pancakes, and it just makes me want to give a really, really short homily, and I I know you would hate that, so I'll try to hold out and keep it long for you as you smell your pancakes. All right, so hopefully you're saving space for breakfast. Living up here in Williams, of course, has reminded me of, of seasons, you know. Um, in Phoenix, of course, there's not really any seasons. You know, it's hot and then it's nice. And then pretty soon it's hot again and you just want to leave. But up here we have the seasons. And I was just walking uh, a little bit out of my backyard the other day and just sort of reflecting on how everything seems dead. I mean, I realized that, you know, the trees aren't really dead, but they seem dead. You know, the plants seem dead. The animals seem to have sort of died off, or many of them, they're, they're hibernating, or they're, they've, they've, you know, migrated, and they'll come back, etc. cetera. Um, but in nature, this, there's this sort of, you know, dying and rising cycle, so that during the winter months, it seems as though things have died, and then spring comes, and then everything blooms back to life. And unfortunately, the creatures... The skunks come back to the rectory backyard, but um, dying and rising. So the Lord, when he created all things, when he created nature, he, he built into nature this dying and rising concept. You might say, well, why, why is it that way? And a scientist would say, well, it's that way because of this and that and the earth and it tips and it goes around the sun and that's why it's cold. But that's not why it's that way. That's just why it is, you know, it's, it's more of the answer to the question, what? What does it do? But it's not why. Is there purpose in nature? Well, of course, we believe there is. We believe God created. And so he created all of nature with this dying and rising so that one thing, if you will, gives up its life for the good of something else, especially for the good of something greater. For instance, a, a caterpillar. You know, it doesn't really die, but it ceases to be what it is to bring about a butterfly, right? So the caterpillar, in a sense, dies or it undergoes a change to become something greater. The acorn, uh, to become a great oak, needs to undergo a a certain type of death. It needs to cease being an acorn to become something greater. And the Lord Jesus, in today's gospel, uses... uh, A similar a similar uh, idea here with with a grain of wheat that it it needs to give up its life as a grain of wheat, as it were, so that it can become something greater. It can become ultimately bread and it can feed it. it, it, There's always this death to something greater. And the reason why he's conveying this to his, his apostles is because they still at this stage don't understand his role as the messiah. Okay, because the Messiah was predicted for centuries and the Messiah was going to set his people free, set God's people free. And so they figured, well, who's keeping us bondage? I mean, back when it was Moses, Moses was a type of Messiah. What did he do? Well, through, through the Lord's power, the people were set free from the hands of the Egyptians. So who's oppressing us now in Jesus' time? Well, it's the Romans. So if a Messiah is going to come and Jesus clearly claims to be the Messiah and the and the apostles believe this, they're thinking he's going to set the Jewish people free from the Romans. But he keeps talking about death and resurrection, which perplexes the apostles. Because if, if you're going to be a great military leader, or you know, a great political leader to to be able to to overthrow uh, this this incredible Roman force, you can't die. A Messiah couldn't die. So they don't understand it. The Lord keeps talking about it, though, because what he wants them to understand is, of course, that he's going to die, but also that his death will will look like something hopeless, will look like something incredibly sad. It will look like failure, but it will bring about something greater, just like the grain of wheat brings about something greater when it's Planted and allowed to grow so that when they witness his death or they, they learn about his death, when he's buried and when they're awaiting you know, his resurrection, even though they don't know that's yet coming because they don't completely understand it, but when they see his resurrection and then in the, in the years that follow, it all begins to make sense. Okay, he died and this looked like Failure. This looked like the failure of a Messiah. But in fact, this this evil of the Lord's death brings about a much, much greater good. And then what the Lord says in the scriptures is not only does he need to die and rise, but that each one of us also has to die. And he doesn't just mean physically for that, of course, is true for us to get to heaven. We have to die first. And death is a natural evil that none of us are spared from. So, yes, we will have to die. But he's also talking about following in his footsteps, being a Christian, right? Being a a little Christ, as it were, which means we have to die in ourselves, sometimes daily. You know, and and of course, traditionally, we'll talk about that as, as dying to self. But we have to die many deaths To become something greater. You know in. um, For a priest to become a priest. I mean part of the. Part of the ordination rite. Is that he lies prostrate. He lies on his face. uh, Prior to being ordained. Which is a, a symbol. Of him giving up his life. Giving up his dying. In a sense. So that something greater can happen in him. Some monks. Um before somebody becomes a, you know, a, a lifetime monk, they take their final vows. They'll actually lay them in a coffin and cover them with a, with a, a sheet, which is really morbid. But they're monks, they do crazy things. But they'll, they'll act, they would actually lie in a coffin, obviously to symbolize the death of that former self, and then being you know, risen from that and even given a new name so that they take on this new identity as, as a monk. You might say, well, in, you know, let's, let's look at marriage. Well, every man knows how much you have to die to be married. I'm trying to get some groans. That's a joke, of course. Both the man and the woman have to die. They both have to die, right? Because we say that the woman and man come together and they become one flesh. So where there were once two individuals, they come together and form a new person, a new individual, as it were, such that only death could tear that apart. And so the individuals have to die. Both the man and the woman have to die to become one new flesh so that it's Christ who binds them together in this new way. So we live this this dying and rising for something greater throughout the entirety of our lives. Even if we look back on on our sins or our failures, right? I mean, how many times have we heard it said you learn more through your failures than your successes, and that seems to be very much true. That some of the greatest things that happen to us is our failure, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true because we learn so much. You know, and sometimes through our failure, the the recognition of what we are not and what we need to be Is made so clear to us that our failure becomes this incredible moment of grace so that we can really grow with the Lord. Death and resurrection. Death and resurrection. So, as we enter this uh, um, last week and a half of Lent, you know, we have the statues covered, which is the traditional uh, thing that uh, the church. Um, says we can do on the fifth Sunday of Lent so that our focus becomes more narrowed, right? We become more focused, not just on all of the treasures of faith, but we we become more and more focused on Jesus Christ. Ultimately, on Good Friday, being solely focused on the cross. Um, And so let us remember that we are destined for eternity. We are not destined for this life. And to be people who are destined for eternity means being willing to give up what we have now, being willing to look at what we have now and recognize that it is temporary, that in, in the, the eyes, from the eyes of eternity, all of the many little things we worry about, stress about, and care about don't mean that much, that God has destined us for eternity. And that means learning how to die, so that we can rise and become something greater. Please stand.